Do you want to do an introduction of yourself? Not really. No. <laughs> so every podcast we start, no introduction, right? We just go for it. Eh? Yeah, it's supposed to be a series of podcasts, right? So I think we should be alright. Okay. You're listening to the Poleland Podcast with Vice and Beach. This episode is brought to you by Punamarket.com. Connecting coffee lovers. Okay, cool. We are back for the third episode. Today, we will be discussing uh, Fight Back to School, the 1991 Chao Ching classic. As usual, I think Faiza will lead us through the story. Oh yeah. god, okay, so uh, we have, um, gosh, what's the lead's name, the character's name? Chao Sing Sing. Chao Sing Sing, okay, right, yeah. very helpfully. He's a cop, a very individualistic cop, and he gets called in to the boss's office things for insubordination and sort of like uh, not getting promoted as a police officer and things you know and, and uh, I think the boss basically says I think the superintendent right mm. he's lost his gun and he lost his prize gun uh, during a school visit to the uh, you know the police station now he can't tell everyone that he's lost his gun uh, because he's about to retire soon it'll cause a lot of shame etc so he asks Stephen Chow to go undercover as a student in the visiting school and try figure out yeah who nicked the gun basically so reluctantly Stephen Chow goes into the school he hates school he doesn't like studying and things like that um, and there's a lot of comedy moments in between when you know he's trying to adapt himself back to school there's already like gangs in the school as well that's tied to some triads which is quite surprising for a posh private school by the looks of it that threw me off a bit. So anyway, uh, the gun is with one of those triads that, you know, oversees that school and has members in that school. But in order to maintain the undercover status as a student, he needs to pass his exams. And he's just struggling very, very hard a lot. Moments where you know, the police station is trying to help him out in exams and cheat in exams, etc. He gets found out. And academically, he turns a corner when the rather attractive school counsellor decides to tutor him personally. Uh, That provides a romantic tension in the movie. Then uh, they meander off into, you know, this story about him trying to pass his grades and improve, etc. Then the, you know, uh, we are brought back to the missing gun that's also tied to a bigger arms shipment. He discovers the cachet of weapons of this gang, including the boss's pistol. They bring it back to the boss, but it turns out that the gang's kidnapped um, his partner. Then there's a showdown in the school where he's trying to run away from the bad guys. And then what happens? Gosh. Um, anyway, they, they win in the end. And then, you know, by then, I think I, I kind of lost interest. Uh, and <laughs> kind of very tellingly uh, okay you know in during a training exercise at the start of the film he lets all his uh, colleagues die but uh, he wins right i mean he manages to free the hostage and so on this shows that he's very individualistic and very self-centered selfish kind of character he's actually about to be disqualified from the police academy i think yeah and then uh, they about throw him out but then because he has such youthful looks they decided that Ah, okay, I have just a project for you, yeah. right? So you will now go undercover in school and you will bust whoever has taken my gun. Uh. 
It's a bit stray dog in that sense, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a stray dog element so, to it. Kurosawa made this movie many, many years ago, black and white. 1949. Uh, 1949 yeah. of this uh, police officer who loses his gun and he has to track down this gun um, as it's used to you know, uh, hurt and injure, kill other people. So he's in a panic. But here's a bit of a reverse because the boss has lost a gun. So I wonder whether there was an influence um, at all. It's interesting. The, the boss lost the gun yeah. and I think the gun actually doesn't kill anybody. He says it's a kind gun, right? It's a right? kind gun, yeah. So, it's incapable of hurting anyone. But it's because he, he loses face. I mean, he's about to retire, right? Yeah. So he says like basically if he loses this gun, yeah. he it, it's a big shame on him, right? So he needs the gun to be retrieved so that yeah. he doesn't uh, suffer the shame. And, of, and that was an interesting thing. Stephen Charles' character had to hide his true identity from not just fellow students, but also from HQ as well, who uh, were left in the dark about why exactly he's undercover at the school, right? So uh, he's caught in a few humorous moments. Then. I think it's because they, they were working on this uh, arms trafficking, sort of like they're trying to bust this arms trafficking yeah. gig. And so, like, if he comes in between it, yeah. the deal will be off or the, the, the cover will be blown or something. Yeah. So, I think he has to keep up appearances. La. Like, yeah. he's not the cop. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, we talked about the, the themes of the film, la, right? I mean, uh, we just touched on it. So, it's, it's very difficult in a, in a film like this to really kind of pick out what the theme is. But it mm. seems like it's the idea that uh, one has to be less self-centered and learn to work more as a team or be more open with people and learn to trust people and collaborate with people a bit better. So I think by the end of the film, Stephen Chow's character becomes somebody who then has, like you know, that sidekick, Turtle, yeah. and uh, and then that other dude that he used to fight with. So they, they become like friends uh, by the end of the film and he learns to collaborate also with Ang uh, Man Tat's character. I think oh, it's that very... Was that was Ang Man Tat. That was Ang Man Tat, yeah. Right. The, the yeah. Uncle, uncle Tat. Yeah, they they yeah, use yeah, their, yeah, their, their real names. names yeah. yeah. Kind of threw me off a bit there. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I think this is a very apt time to be discussing uh, Fight Back to School because uh, Ang Mantat has passed away uh, yeah. recently and at uh, time of recording. Uh, so this is kind of like our homage to him. But are you familiar with Ang Mantat's work? No, I'm not. So, okay, this is the first time you've watched this film. La. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned to you before the podcast that um, I vividly remember the duster scenes where the teacher's throwing the duster and he eventually sort of wises up and he catches... When it's cheating on exams, the apple goes up, banana goes up. I remember those bits, but the rest of it's completely blank to me. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that when you edit the scenes out, because they're all sketches, right? So they're like very sketch comedy. So yeah. each scene kind of stands on its own. So, you know, like a lot of people have been cutting those scenes up and then it appears on Facebook as a Facebook video or people are sharing individual scenes like, you know. Uh, and I think that's why you would be familiar with parts of it. But as a sum of a whole, maybe not so much. Myself, as with Police Story, I watched this film, it's one of those New Year films, you see it on Chinese New Year, like uh, fourth day, third day, it's on the TV3 or it's showing RTM2 or whatever, and you would see in the background, it's one of those like white noise kind of films, and you, you, you pay attention when the moment is comedic, mm. and then you kind of like drop out when you know things yeah. are a little slow. I, yeah. I, I found, I, I dropped out quite a lot. I think it's, for me, the fascinating thing was a gun, right? And I think they revealed what happened to the gun a bit too early on in terms of storytelling. Like it was revealed that, oh, you know, the boy stole it and brought it to the gang, and then the gang's like, why did you steal a cop gun kind of thing? Mm. Uh, I wish that there was a bit more, how you say, 
suspense. Uh, so, you, yeah, you know, like right. uh, I, I was really wondering like how did this kid get the gun and uh, things like that. You know, in fact, like at the start mm. when he entered the schoolyard, mm. I was thinking of it like, wow, this is almost like a whodunit. Like, mm-hmm. who are the suspects? Okay, um, is it going to be like the least expected? For, like, I thought it was Ang Mantar at one point, like because it's like he's the most unexpected sort of like you know character who would uh, steal a gun. Sure. Uh, but yeah, and, and it kind of like, it was a bit ruined when it was, oh yeah, kid just, you know, picked it up and then, yeah, you know, gives it to the gang head to impress him. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, now we know what happened kind of thing. So Well, isn't it a way to just include the gangsters into the storyline? Like, you know, yeah. the reason they did that is so that now you know there are gangsters involved so that you so, can be part of yeah. a bigger story. That also didn't quite fit in with me. I mean, it looks like a pretty well-off school. It looks like a private school to me but maybe all schools in Hong Kong are that nice kind of thing and there's a lot of um, you know suggestions that you have to be academically gifted to get in kind of thing you know it's sort of like, I don't care who your father is or how much he, you know paid or whatever it is you get it and then it's sort of like there's this oh we've got gangsters too by the way despite us being academically excellent and other, they're academically excellent gangsters and that to me was like okay look it's a comedy don't overthink it kind of thing but it you know, just didn't really, you know, it wasn't written very well, I thought. You can't have, okay, so I'm not trying to defend the choices of yeah. the film, but does that mean you cannot have gangsters in a high-end school? Like a high top, top I think school? It, look, if there are gangsters in Garden International School over here, like or Sri Champaka where Dave went, then, you know, I stand corrected. But, you know, um, I, I think even like smoking in the schoolyard, you know, it strikes me as a bit... Well, they were upstairs, that's ah. where people go away to smoke. I think that's a very typical thing, like, you know, go out to the rooftop to smoke. Yeah. Like Singapore, yeah. Hong Kong, you see a lot of these films where they run up to the rooftop and yeah. then they steal away and then they have a little cigarette. You've not had a toilet that people go to just to smoke. In school, yeah, that's where the kids would do it, right? But they don't go up to the outside the schoolyard and then immediately outside start smoking when they're... What, they're supposed to be like teenagers, right? 16, 17? Well, maybe, you know, well, you uh, went to a better school than I have. Right. You know. That's, it's uh, the my okay, you know, school experience. Mr. Agis will be able to see that from across right. the road, I think. Well, know. outside the school compound, you know, they can't, they have no uh, authority on you. So I've seen, I've seen people smoking yeah. right outside the school. Yeah. I mean, fine, you know, it, it's maybe it's like a local cultural thing. These are little, little things that made me lose interest. What, yeah. what if it's a commentary on the Hong Kong society? Maybe. Like, because maybe it's, you know, corruption pervades every aspect yeah. or every strata of society from very top to very bottom. Is that a commentary, uh, you think? I didn't catch that. Um, maybe because I lost interest halfway. <laughs> but... Okay, you say school. So it's interesting. I, I think the school Edinburgh College doesn't actually exist. It actually, not. I think they... Because it looks like styrofoam, I paused yeah. the frame, it looked like styrofoam wordings. Won't be but surprised. it's interesting that he would transfer from somewhere called England High. I mean, those are the things that sort of like suggested that, look, this is a very expensive school. And I'm not sure whether you're familiar, but there are schools in Hong Kong that are so elite that parents have to buy a bond. This is like an investment bond that gives you a, like a really shitty yield. I'm talking like fractions of percentage or one something percent. And that's just to get you into the waiting list. That doesn't even guarantee that you get in, you know? I didn't think of it until a moment ago. I think these are the things that sort of made me... It is highly unlikely to happen, you know? And even comedies need to have some sort of grounding, you know, to it, kind of thing. And if it's like, okay, look, if you want to do, like, The Mask or, 
you know, something completely over the top, ridiculous, you know, go right ahead, but, you know, don't even try to pretend that, you know, this is even a real school, you know. But isn't this, isn't this over the top? I mean, Stephen Chow yeah. with the Moleto kind of comedy is like... Uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, okay, okay. Yeah. So, if we can just uh, disregard that for a moment, I think the premise is... I did, yeah. For yeah, sure. Period. The premise of the film is not too dissimilar to Kindergarten Cop. Uh, so I, I had a little watch of that also okay. just to see like before he went undercover but what's interesting about the film is the comedy is 13 plus I mean it's rated 13 plus on Netflix yeah. but Kindergarten Cop is for 18 and older so it's like an R-rated film maybe okay. All right. is this film sort of like targeting teenagers like you know uh, is the target audience mostly teenage in which case uh, maybe we are taking a bit too uh, highbrow of a yeah, I mean, it's a Steven Chow movie in the end, you know, so it, it's not meant to be like a serious sort of, you know. Some of them are rather, I, I would say, rather poignant, you know, maybe, like... Uh, yeah. Gotta watch more of them. The Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu Hustle, yeah, you know. Okay. okay, did you pick up anything in the film that you may attribute to Western influence or any kind of like homage to other movies and things like that? Did you see anything in there that you, you may have picked up? Well, quite the opposite. I thought that maybe the West had stolen this idea, this concept of older person masquerading as a student in school. I think we've seen that in Hollywood a few times, right? Um, a few movies that have done that. I didn't catch a whole lot of Western sort of, or maybe the opening sequence with like, you know, the loading up the weapons and shotgun, things like that. very few of which he actually used, but... No, nothing really, you know, springs out to mind. I felt that the the film had some Buster Keaton uh, influence, actually. Because I don't know if it's just because of the music selection, because a lot of the music throughout the film is very uh, Buster Keaton-esque, you know, like very uh, ragtime, you know, there's this this whole, like... uh, Staccato music. Yeah, you know, is that like, when they were cheating in the exam? Is it back, forth, back, forth? There's also the physical it. comedy. Yeah, I mean, there, it, this yeah, this no. film is very physical in its comedy. It's yeah. not uh, some of his humor. So like Mr. you have, Bean, you know, kind of thing. There, there is uh, there is this Mr. Bean similarity, Mr. Bean, because yeah. of the physical humor, right? Yeah. But I think uh, rather like if you watch other Stephen Chow movies, right? A lot of the other Stephen Chow movies have a lot of wordplay. There's a lot of like verbal. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, he used that. Um, shit and another word right it was interchangeable like you know uh, yeah so he's famous for those kind of like pop yeah, references you know. and like uh, plays on words puns yeah. but in this film so like you would see stuff like that more in like Flirting Scholar yeah. or you know uh, Justice My Foot you know where it's yeah. like there are a lot of uh, two shots a lot of people yeah. talking and stuff in this one, I think there's quite a lot of physical comedy. So, like, it's a yeah. good introduction in the sense that you get this almost like a action film. Sure. Like, you know, every every sketch is... There, there's some action involved. Yeah. It's a very physical film uh, in that mm. way, you know? Mm. And uh, so I felt like in that way, maybe they did take a lot of uh, inspiration from Buster Keaton movies, you know? Maybe, like, uh, yeah. It's also a film that he has not directed. This is actually a uh, Gordon Chan film. Uh, and Gordon Chan has actually worked with Stephen Chow uh, in this period quite a lot. So he's worked with him on King of Beggars, Royal Tramp, uh, but then went on to make quite serious films uh, like Face of Legend, Beast Cops, uh, you know, Painted Skin, God yeah. of War. So um, they, they are good collaborators. Also, uh, like Johnny Toh, jo- uh, Gordon Chan then went on to do very serious triad 
action movies, darker films, you know, more adult uh, films. I wouldn't say like adult, like uh, sexual adult, but like more like uh, violent films, uh, yeah. yeah, physically violent films. Um, okay, so I saw also uh, in the same way that Police Story was stitched around stunts. So we talked about Police Story in our first podcast and like it was stitched around stunts. In this one, it was stitched around the comedy. Would you say that's uh, fair? Hmm. So like, you know how it has the structure of, uh, at the start of the movie, the structure is quite fixed or quite rigid. You have this uh, straight up premise, yeah. right? At the 12th minute, he yeah. actually arrives at school. So in 12 minutes, they actually establish his character. Yeah. They establish the stakes. And then they also send him back to school. And so he arrived at school at the 12 minute mark. So that means you already know all there is to know about the character mm-hmm. by 12 minutes. So that's mm-hmm. in a way that's quite traditional. And then it kind of loses its way after that because you don't have real mm. semblance of structure. In the, it's becomes kind of like episodic comedy. Uh, skits. Right? It's like skits a, uh. a series of skits. That's right. right. So yeah. there's a series of skits. Yeah. And then roughly around the midpoint is when he, they go on a picnic yeah. with the teacher. Yeah. And then the love story aspect of it comes yeah. in. So his personal mission has yeah. changed from looking for the gun to looking for love. Lah, for yeah. a way in to finding... What was the name of the teacher again? Miss uh, Miss Ho. Right. That's where the midpoint is. Yeah. But okay, but apart from the opening, the, the middle, yeah. and the ending is quite straightforward. I mean, it's thematic in a way that he brings the fight back to school. <laughs> right? He brings the fight mm. all the way back from that rendezvous place where yeah. they were meant yeah. to like exchange the guns and the hostage and all that. Yeah. He goes back to school. Uh, it's his sanctuary, if you will, and uh, and then he becomes his fort- fortress, lah. So they have a they have a maze and all that, yeah, and a ridiculously large maze for a school. I don't know which, <laughs> and it didn't look like a very big room to begin with, you know. Uh, wasn't it in the school hall? Maybe, maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the other bit that um, happened before that was when he was uh, brought in for a fight, right, in the street. Hmm. And then uh, the police actually brought him into the station, and then the counselor. Almost accidentally reveals that he's also a police officer, and mm-hmm. then he's forced to kiss her mm-hmm. uh, to sort of uh, you know keep uh, sort of his undercover sort of. Thing. Wouldn't have any other officers have recognized him? You know, it's like hey, you know that guy's from you know. He was well, an, he was a recruit. Okay. okay. He was in the academy, so you uh, uh, up in the station, you okay. wouldn't know your the recruits, right? Would you? Really, I don't know. I mean, uh, police are quite a well knit sort of you know closely knit community that know who's coming through, and someone would have recognized it. I mean, if a school's going to visit a police station, presumably it would be the closest police station to the school, right? And if they were to catch someone in the school, they presumably bring that person back to the police station that's closest. Again, I'm being nitpicky. It's a comedy. Uh, stop thinking so hard but again it was little moments like this that kind of like scratched my head and go like really no one recognizes you like okay all right okay in defense of this i invoke infernal affairs (laughs) all right not seen that or it's a remake uh, the departed okay Okay, have you seen seen the departed yeah Yeah. Yeah. so leo was also a police academy recruit okay he is an undercover uh, mole within the gang right you would think that they recognize him, right? Yeah. Uh, but because he hasn't actually graduated the police academy officially, yeah. okay. So, you know, he's a persona non grata la, in yeah, the police station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't, they don't know. Nobody knows who he is, yeah. So when they killed Martin Sheen's character, yeah. he lost his only link to uh, for his identity, yeah. I mean, apart from Mark Wahlberg, la, okay. which uh, 
doesn't exist. That character of Mark Wahlberg doesn't exist yeah. in the Infernal Affairs uh, movies. Yeah. I think it's completely plausible that before he graduates from police academy, yeah. the station house people would have no idea who he is. Is the superintendent the boss of a particular police station nearby the school? Yeah, okay, so you're talking. What you're talking about is you're talking about that dude, uh, Barry Wong. You're talking Barry about Wong. Barry Wong, the the fat the I, fat chief. I like I like him. He's very sort of. At the very start, the guy who chews him out after the failed training mission, yeah. the guy who was shouting at him is not the same guy as Barry Wong. Okay. So Barry Wong actually calls him up. So it's like. That's right. Yeah. So it's a different person. So yeah. before he actually gets into the police yeah. force, he's an academy recruit yeah. who is showing a lot of uh, gumption, a lot of uh, a lot who, of. Which just looks young and you know, <laughs> uh, young enough to go back to school. So to be I honest, like I, I like in all defense of this uh, premise, I think yeah. it's acceptable that the the station house people wouldn't know him. Uh. Yeah. As you said before, if this was like a series of skits. Uh, that sketches kind of thing I would enjoy it like it's more situational they had some funny bits in between really silly sort of humour Stephen Chow's expressions are wonderful it says so much without saying anything I think he's a master of um, you know doing that Um, but as a whole um, yeah you know I, I thought it could be a lot better Okay, I, I want to ask you what your favorite skits are, but at the, yeah. at the same time, um, okay, maybe we will save the more serious discussion for later. But what what were your favorite uh, skits? Oh God, um, I, I think the bit where him and Ng Man Tat, they were trying to maintain this father son sort of thing in front of Miss Ho, right? Um, and when she's looking away, like you know, beating each other up kind of thing, and then when she looks back, uh, you know, th- th- that's kind of uh, interesting. Like I like the interplay between him and Ng Man Tat a lot when uh, he got called up to school and then he is a uh, uh, superior officer to Ng Man Tat. So uh, the dad is constantly trying to ask for, you know, what should I do, what should I say kind of thing. Whereas the school teachers are very deferential towards Ng Man Tat because he thinks as a dad, but has like very little respect for, you know. I like, uh, I like the scene a lot, yeah, yeah. yeah That's, I, it's I very funny. That was like, you know, you're, you're playing on the dynamics of like school <laughs> and... He's like asking him, what, what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, and then he asked, like, just beat me up, just beat me up. No, and then, like, like, he goes over the top. That's an order, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> an order. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like the interplay between him and that a lot. I think that was, like, you know, the uh, Donald Glover sort of, you know, uh, but, Mel Gibson sort of, like, relationship there. So, I, I, it's comedy genius because in every movie, uh, Stephen yeah. Chow kind of plays the foil mostly. Uh. Yeah. So he's always the straight man. Yeah. You know, like he, uh, there are moments that he breaks out. Uh, you know, into yeah. like he does something crazy yeah. and like quite unexpected and incongruent. Yeah. But I think most of the time he plays this straight, yeah. very straight face kind of guy. And the one that's doing all the expressions, the really selling you the joke is yeah. Ng Mantat's character. How? preposterous the situation yeah. is like. I mean you, you've got to play to your strengths right if you're good at CGI your Michael B your movie is going to be showing that off how well you uh, do that if you're uh, Jackie Chan you know um, and a guy from Ong Bak uh, martial arts is your thing that's going to be your thing you know and if you're Stephen Chow it's going to be comedy so a lot of that stuff I said about story and things like that 
it doesn't really matter because what does matter is your box office takings and they're on a day. Okay. And, you know, <laughs> if people go to your movie uh, expecting really good humor but instead they get a really good story uh, without the humor, then they're going to feel a little cheated, you know. Were you entertained by this film? I know you, you said there were moments that you were bored and took you yeah, out of the film. I, but I, I had to rewind a few times because, again, it's not my language. And I was worried that I'm missing like key plot points and you know things like that. But for what little Cantonese I could sort of like glean, sometimes it didn't really match up. It's sort of like yeah, rough meaning kind of thing. It it the the mid section felt like a bit of a chore. Okay. Uh, I like the scenes with Miss Ho. Uh, that she's nice to look at. Um, but you know, yeah, the mid section was a bit flat. I thought. I mean, okay, in fairness, yeah. it, it doesn't... It Look doesn't for the gun. I mean, we talked about this before. Sure. Why aren't you guys looking for the gun? And, you know, it's sort of like you got sidetracked so much away from the gun that, you know, and, and even like the AK-47 rifle haul at the end was pathetic. We're talking like six rifles. In the, I mean, like, and, and you're bringing in foreigners? No, but they... You know, like white people coming in, taking a look at the van, you've got like six guns in there, mate, you know? No, like, but why uh, is this a big problem? That's so probably they, like a haul from, like I think the gangsters themselves had more weapons than that, and they used more than that. No, but why they, is this a big haul? No, because okay, slowly yeah. Yeah. they tried to justify this in the in the story. They, remember the informant? There was yeah. a there was a scene at the bar with this okay. other undercounter guy. Yeah, yeah, who got beaten up or killed or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and then uh, Ung Man Tat's character said yeah. like. Uh, Oh, you mean there are automatic guns now in Hong Kong? You yeah. know, like like okay. so. To be fair, if that's the case, six guns is actually lots, like right? I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what that that's what it would be, right? I I mean, like the police chief brought in some, you know, pretty heavy <laughs> ammunition in the end. The and, and you know, him murdering like six people and just saying like, oh, I was never here, and then he left. I love how the kids also yeah. kill uh, gangsters. Ah, right? yeah, how, how that's not an issue at all. You know? <laughs> All for what? Just because he lost a single pistol that can't even shoot? <laughs> no, because people, no, know, because like people's lives. Writing, no, people's yeah. lives were at stake. So they, oh, <laughs> they, they when yeah. they when the shit hits the yeah. fan, all bets are off, lah. You know, you gotta you just gotta survive, lah. Uh, again, you know, where you know, uh, to a hammer, everything's a nail. You know, if you're going to yeah, yeah. write a movie because you're good at martial arts or you're good at comedy or you're good at special effects something like that you know it is going to permeate into everything into the show and you can't get like a you know I have a difficult time also with the midpoint because it does kind of like dawdle a bit like you always think when are you going to get to the point because like there's a sketch after the sketch and he's always like seems to get there's all like homework jokes there's like exam jokes you know there's a lot of things going on sure but at the same time, when I reflect on the movie, so now now I have some distance from the movie. Yeah. When I look back at the scenes, I can't help but laugh because the, yeah, the scenes yeah. are so funny. Yeah, like, yeah. They're funny. Yeah. They're funny. <laughs> Isn't that the point? Yeah. Aren't you entertained? Yeah, That's, you know. The cops, the, the room of cops searching for the answer <laughs> to yeah. the question. Yeah. And then like, like... Calling his kids, you know. <laughs> and then, then the two cops outside is like, what case are they working yeah. on? <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's like laugh out, it's laugh out loud, lah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't stop laughing. You know, like I mean, yeah. the isn't that what you want? Belly aching laughter. You watch the scene, and it, it reaches this fever pitch of yeah. like how crazy things could yeah. get. Like my belly ached, but I think it was a KFC I had for lunch. 
more than anything else. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was funny. Uh, Ratna enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it. Oh, you watched it, Ratna. So what? What did you say? It. I mean, she's a big fan. Uh, my brother-in-law is also a very big fan of Stephen Chow movies. He can probably like recite large quantities of dialogue so, uh, from from the show. I was going to ask, like, yeah. if, if does she, <laughs> being a teacher, yeah. somebody who goes to school, how how? Yeah, what I, is her perspective on I think she could sort of empathize with uh, empathize with some of the scenes, I think. Yeah. Demotivated kids, you know. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to ask you, so this is more, going back to the most serious uh, topic. So I'll ask sure. you if there's like a childhood fantasy uh, element of the film. So like, is he, yeah. is he using this film to kind of like play, play out his fantasy? So he has like... Hots for teacher, for instance, and then the teacher reciprocates with his uh, yeah, his affection. Van Halen, sort of. Is there an element of this? Like, is there you know, and then being the top boy in school because maybe he was yeah. bullied when he was maybe, young. Is there? Yeah. That, that, I mean, I went to a boy school, right? So um, the only females present were the six formers and the school teachers, right? And unspeakable things happen in school. Not to the extent of what you see in this show kind sure. of thing, scandals, but uh, certainly like some of the student population uh, documented their um, interest in certain teachers sure. uh, in paper form and on walls and things like that, uh, quite graphically as well. Right. So, um, yeah, you, you, you kind of like understand that bit. Like, I think it's it's made very very clear that he didn't have a good time in school, right? Um, and maybe you're right. Like him going back now, he has combat skills. Uh, he can bully the bullies, kind of thing. He can become top dog. Uh, but I don't know how old he is. You know, like um, I think it was twenty seven when the movie was made. And there's a thing about Asians. I think Asians can pass off like much younger. Sure. Um, and you know pretend to be high schoolers better than other ethnicities. Well, okay, so yeah. looking at the credits real quick, I don't think uh, Stephen Chow wrote the movie. Okay, so, all right. So uh, I think this is dissimilar in the sense that if you look at his later work, he was the writer-director right, right. of most of the films. Wouldn't that be a problem? Like, you've got certain ske- uh, sketches you have in mind and you've got to work them into like a story someone else wrote. I think, I think okay, so Hong Kong movies... Uh, I, I don't want to generalize lah, but as okay. I know, some of the Hong Kong movies, uh, a l- uh, or a large proportion of Hong Kong movies back in the day, yeah. the they didn't have a script. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they had an outline okay. of what right. they wanted yeah. to do, yeah. and they they know roughly where they're gonna land the film. Right. Okay. But they they went on set the next day with yesterday's notes. This sounds like the Hobbit. Uh, the Hobbit, they had a book, right? So they, they had they could they could follow the book, yeah. but in this situation, I think it was really like literally yeah. uh, the Malay saying what the Malay expression kais pagi makan petang kind of situation, yeah. the, in a in a way that you write the script the night yeah, before, yeah. and the next day you're shooting it. So yeah, that, that uh, what happened to Peter Jackson in the Hobbit? Like it was so badly put together. Like he was, I think, crying on set. He had to take a break. What right? the few yeah. months they, they they stopped all the production, isn't it? Like Just couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I think Wong Kar Wai, he didn't actually have yeah. uh, a script, yeah. but they would generally kind of have a, what they call, uh, like sort of like blocking. They, yeah. they kind of knew like, okay, this is, 
the beginning point of the scene yeah. and this is the end point so we need to reach that end point so yeah. how you take that journey I, I think generally it's kind of plotted out by the director yeah. uh, I think the director is actually one of the writers on this uh, creditor is one of the writers so yeah. I think Gordon Chan must have had an idea of what he wanted from yeah. the film and Stephen Chow was kind of given probably the flexibility to then uh, flesh it out yeah improv the scenes if you will so everybody shows up everybody does this thing and then they kind of work it out on set probably Um, I I would say that maybe if anything this could be Gordon Chan's kind of like uh, putting to rest some of his old demons maybe you know so he you know he's written some of this like uh, uh, you know fantasy aspect of it like the childhood fantasy like you know the teacher is reciprocating his uh, affection and also like he's a popular guy we had an attractive counsellor in school as well yeah (laughs) So, so, yeah. For for me, it was the chemistry teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So we. Uh, I think. I think a lot of this has to do with uh, you know the film filmmaker putting his damage on screen. Now, I like to say like maybe it's interesting to see uh, the film not on its own but as a part of a collection, right? Okay. So if you look at Stephen Chow's later work and seeing how it has evolved from this to then the later work, yeah. It. It. I think it'll be more interesting to note like how how story has developed okay so it's almost like an organic process through many films like uh, getting to a point where he f- ultimately he came to like sort of like a very typical uh, Stephen Chow structure of a movie okay so you'll see this in like uh, New King of Comedy yeah. or you'll see this in like uh, Shaolin Soccer yeah. uh, Kung Fu Hustle maybe not so much but Journey to the West was his as well right uh, I'm not sure I, 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 without looking at credits I'm not sure whether yeah. he directed written and all that but he was definitely a big player in it like all the Steven Chow movies in later years he was uh, he was definitely a big influence uh, on set yeah. so uh, I, I, I'd say like maybe on its own Fight Back to School maybe it's uh, a little unfair to see it for more than what it really is just a piece of light-hearted entertainment you know? Yeah, I'm being uh, unfair. I'm being very unfair today. <laughs> no, but it, it has a special place in my heart because it, it like today I'm watching yeah. it in 2021. The film was made in 1991. Yeah. And I I laugh more than I have in the I don't know than in the last ten years of any comedy that I've been to, with yeah. the exception of uh, Bridesmaids and uh, some other X-rated uh, movies. But <coughs> it you know considering yeah. this is a 13 13 uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, I think they had one uh, one gag which is a condom gag the condom you know like uh, chewing on the condom yeah, bubble yeah, gum and all that, that. Yeah. Uh, apart from that one sexual gag I think uh, the rest of the film is pretty safe for kids you know uh, he does say the F word I noticed oh yes uh, understand fuck yeah <laughs> like, I thought that was quite I was like okay what would have happened to the censors in Hong Kong like <laughs> with that bit in there you know Okay, so I, uh, any wrap up? How, how do we wrap this up? We wrap up with the rating, right? Usually, so we yeah. have two ratings. What is our objective rating of the film? Uh, I give it a four personally. A four? Huh? Yeah, I'm. I'm quite. I'm being. I think I'm on a. I'm not a very good mood today. I think so. No, no. I think four is fair. Four. Yeah. Uh, objectively, the film is a four out of ten. But yeah. you know, do you take? Okay. I, I'm in conflict because, like, you know, I only read up about the movie afterwards. Like, I like to do, and I think in case I don't want to read spoilers or things like that. It was fairly well taken, uh, you know, by the public. Like, I think it's like the biggest grossing movie in Hong Kong at, hey, at some I, point. I, I think, loved yeah, it. I loved it massively. So, <laughs> I mean, who cares what 
you know, in the end, like artistic integrity and all that highbrow stuff. I mean, if people are you know paying hand over fist to watch a movie, then who cares what critics think? I mean, what's that not to like? I mean, yeah. you got cops, so, you yeah. got gangsters, yeah. you know, you have uh, a coming of age, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, school kids, you know, yeah. you have uh, a bit of sexual fantasy, yeah. you have uh, lots of funny jokes and gags, father sure. jokes, dad yeah. jokes, yeah. you know, and uh, puns, and then you got a lot of uh, very clever interplay. Yeah. My Cantonese is only as good as my German. Yeah. So, like, I, I would say, like, the, from the, from the one-two jokes that I did understand, they were laugh out funny and, yeah. and they, there was a huge investment on the if you notice they put a huge investment mm. on a very brief punchline sometimes like yeah. you remember like he had all these ancestral shrines in his house yeah and like, that, must have, that, that must have taken a lot of setup. Yeah. And, sure. and then just to make a joke like it's so all there dead partners yeah yeah <laughs> it's there for one joke you yeah. know and yeah. you know there's a lot of quite crazy yeah. shit yeah. that goes on I wonder what the budget was for the movie uh, probably not that much like, given that they only had like 6 AK-47s yeah, yeah. They, they ran out at that point it was like Jackie Chan ran out of film after he made that big jump in police story okay so I mean your rational your rational rating is 4 out of 10 do you want to give any extra points for the irrational one? Um, I mean it's not so much irrational is it the the, the sketches the humour in between was good hmm. I, I like the humour don't get me wrong okay. it's just like you know it's packaged into this whole movie. I'm gonna judge it on the whole movie, but you know, it, it, this, this, the funny bits. Yeah, you know, I, I bump it up to a six out of ten. You know, kind six of thing. Okay. Yeah. I I agree with the four out of ten. Yeah. Uh, really? I mean, no, I yeah, I agree. Really? With the four. You know, okay. as a film, it doesn't really work. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not, not like supposed a, to work. Maybe the language barrier or something. No, like no, that. no. Like, I yeah. I think it's just dumb lah. Like some okay. of it is like. Yeah. Some of it doesn't even make any sense. The kids like the way they act towards <laughs> the end and yeah. like how convenient things are yeah. uh, so 4 out of 10 like dispassionately I would say yeah, 4 out of 10 is yeah. fair but if if I were to say how much I enjoyed the film if I put that in with yeah. the with like my rating I think it would be closer to 9 9 I okay yeah. so right. I had a lot of fun on the film yeah, uh, yeah 9 out of like 10 yeah. so I think okay so yours is 7 right you say so 6 6, six. so 4 and 6 that means that I think this movie is on the same level as Police Story um, on you know, no, no. You, you uh, I mean, I can't remember what your police story rating was. Uh, you were dis, your dispassionate on six. Yeah. But then yeah. your you gave ten out of ten. Oh, you gave ten, eleven or twelve. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So yeah, no, it's yeah. not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> so, then okay. There's some. <laughs> okay. So it's what? What is it? What's your final? What is yeah, your final? Um, I, I give it a six out of ten. Six out of ten. Um, so nine um, and six. What's the difference? Seven and a half. Something like okay, that. Okay. So I don't know what is rated on IMDb. Four or, and seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. So or do we have any uh, input from any of our uh, JJ Rustam? Our clubhouse. Yeah. Just in case anybody got something to say. Oh, there you go. Hey, JJ. Okay. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, good, 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 good. Just chilling, uh. And then I saw the title, I was like, hey, fight back to school. I just saw that two months back. Oh, wow. And okay. honestly, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, especially the the storyline. I, I think I enjoyed It's always the first movie that's better than the rest, you know. The second one, somehow, I don't know, it didn't live up the... the I not to say standard, but not for me. The, okay, what do, you, what do you enjoy about the... What do you enjoy about the film, then? Um, I think the romance part. 
<laughs> romance, but did you have a love interest in school, like you know, who was um, a few years older than you? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the relation to real life, huh, but the way it plays out in between. Aside from the missing gun, because like knowing like Stephen Chow movies, right? Like if you take his kung fu hustle stuff, hey, kung fu hustle, yeah, kung fu hustle stuff, right? It's all action packed, but he always has good opportunities to to slip in comedy and all that, sure. which is why I like Stephen Chow movies. So that. One really applies to this movie, yeah. mm. Um, What's your favorite Stephen Chow movie? Hold on. Mm. Fight Back to School was one. Right. Okay. There you and go. then there's mm, I forgot this title. Um, it's about it, it's set in the Dynasty era one, quite old one. Forbidden City Cop. Is it? Is it? Um, Forbidden City Cop. Seriously, <laughs> there is one called Forbidden City Cop. They're actually, he, he said it in a lot of Dynasty one. Like, there's Forbidden City Cop, Justice My Foot, King of Beggars. I think, uh, yeah, there, there are quite a few, actually. Uh, what is the other one that he comes back as God? One, uh, like, there's a... He comes down from Earth. I, I can't remember which one which one was that. Yeah. Wow, that one, I don't know. He's but one of the gods in heaven, then he was, like, kicked down to Earth to, to settle something. Uh. Maybe I can reference to a scene uh, with that. See whether we can find the title. Um, basically there was like a, the, it was a court setting, so a woman was convicted or something lah. So then the judge says, uh, beat her up or something like that lah, but she was pregnant lah. Okay. Mm. Uh, I think it was most likely Justice My Foot lah. I'm not sure the Chinese title, but the English title is probably Justice My Foot. Maybe, maybe it's mm. that lah. He's a, like a top Where lawyer that, that... It's like a lawyer, so they 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 go. It's like courtroom drama lah, but he will continuously fight cases in a funny way lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I believe it's that one. What call it? The starting of uh, fight back to school. Entertaining at the same time. Yeah, you were mentioning like he doesn't know about teamwork and all that, but it adds adds up to his character lah, which is quite entertaining lah. Hmm. As the story develops lah. Cool. I mean, that's that's a good comment. I think uh, actually my favorite Stephen Chow movie of all time is God of Kukri. Uh, Sorry. God of Kukri, the one that he he learns how to make the the crying rice. Uh. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, hold on. Isn't that the the one with the fake monkey brain on it? The fake monkey brain, uh. I'm not sure about it. I can't remember if that's the one. Uh, I don't remember seeing that. It's the it's the one where you know they had this fish ball that was exploding one. So after after Eng Mantat ate the fish ball, he they, they had a scene or I'm not sure if it was Eng Mantat who ate the fish ball or another person ate the fish ball. There's a scene that he's like dancing on the beach one. He's like <laughs> they, they have a moment he has a moment on the beach like in a in a dream fantasy where he's like the, because the fish ball is so amazing that it gives him this feeling uh, this uh I, Oh then I then you have, have to watch Yeah, God of Cookery is Probably the best film I've uh, of Stephen Chow. I feel sounds like those Thailand Wong Nai ads, you know, like he eats something and then it you know, hits the table and then there's it, this fantasy scene. It, it probably it probably inspired all those. Maybe yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey bought the rights to remake it, but never right. did. Okay. Yeah, I think I, if I if I recall correctly, the the the, the piece of news. Yeah. But yes, if you have not checked out God of Cookery, it's something worthwhile. I'm not sure if it's available on Netflix. Uh, we are only, yeah. We are only uh, reviewing Netflix movies uh, to to discourage piracy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mind yeah. if I have an opinion on another another Stephen Chow film? Go for it. Uh, another favorite of mine, and this is uh, specifically the collaboration. I mean the Mang Mantan and Stephen Chow uh, partnership. What do you call it? Yeah. Collaboration, a partnership, lah. I yeah. think that's the word. Sixty million dollar man, if I'm not mistaken. That's the robot one. Sixty six is it sixty or six million dollar man? Yes, uh, the the one that has the one that happens in a strange country like Bermuda or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I think this is where Mantat's uh, character kind of really shines, uh, in my opinion, uh, But I've yet to watch more movies to uh, change my opinion about that, lah. Uh. Okay, cool. I mean, that's something that's very interesting. I think. Uh, Stephen Chow's character in that one not so appealing because I think he's a very entitled uh, plays a very entitled person lah, right? I think Amantat to me the best ones for for me will be most likely be Shaolin Soccer. I think he was very good in Shaolin Soccer. Yep. And uh, because you really felt for his character, you know, it's like a wash up has been and all that. Uh, he played villains and like sidekicks in other of Stephen Chow movies, but I think in uh, in Shaolin Soccer, he's almost like a protagonist character lah, I feel. One of his more poignant uh, works, lah. Uh, thanks so much for listening. This was, I hope, uh, was enjoyable to talk about it. Uh, next week, we're gonna talk about what next week or next uh, session. I don't know, man. Um, you, Netflix. You, why not you suggest something, lah? Every time I suggest, then you end up <laughs> enjoying. No, I, I like Police Story a lot. I like Kale Gangster. Those were both your suggestions. Uh, JJ, do you have any suggestions? JJ, any suggestions for next? Okay, this this uh, came up on the top of my head la. Last week, I saw Police Evil finally. <laughs> Alright, there you go. <laughs> okay, I like Police Evil One. Yeah. And I appreciate Police Evil Two, but I think Police Evil One is better for some reason. I think it's just the flow of the story and all that la. And oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think the sound is really good. The sound is really yeah. I mean, you have a sound background, right? So you notice these things. Uh, we Jun Benji and I just before this, we were discussing how um, filmmakers are ruined because when you go into a movie, you just can't enjoy the movie for the movie. You start thinking about technical things like how did they get that shot, or in your case, the sound and things yep. like that. You know, and it yep. um, it can overwhelm the fantasy. Yeah. I think it's different for me because um, the person who did sound for Police Evil for location sound is my mentor. Wow, there you go. So, okay. Yeah, every time I watch it, right? No, yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, shoot, how did he, how did he make it sound so good? Then yeah. I, I look at myself like, oh my god, what are you doing you know, yeah. with your life? Yeah. At that point. But, but that's a, that's a moment of growth right there, right? I suppose it's, it's just like you want to learn then you want to find out even yeah. though it, you make yourself upset but you know it's a motivational thing like. exactly yeah, uh, your mentor probably had a moment similar moment like you know many many years before right and that pushed him yeah, to I suppose yeah. mm, mm, you mm. should write to him and tell so him hey you did a good job I think I really appreciate that if you haven't already yeah yeah, yeah. definitely I think that's a I think that's a great suggestion. I think actually the interesting thing about Police Evil is Faisal and myself went to see Police Evil at the, in the cinema. Oh shit! I've seen this movie. Have I? We together. We watched it together. I've seen this. Yeah. You, you, me, and uh, I think Cat and Ratna maybe. I think. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did not. I would not tell people I've seen Police Evil just because I don't remember. The first like, one. The first one. We watched it together. We were in the same cinema. Literally like two seats away. <laughs> I've got albums of photographs I, I don't recall ever being like okay. in Tamalo, for example. So, so yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like we are going to review Police Evil next. Okay. The first one. Okay. okay. Thanks, JJ, for the Thanks, amazing JJ. suggestion. Great. Okay, thanks. Uh, take care, guys. We're gonna we're gonna end the clubhouse here. All right. And then uh, we're gonna come back the next round, uh, probably next week, uh, for Policio. Take care. Bye. This has been a Polyland podcast by Kinovisuals. Send us your questions or comments to kinovisuals at gmail.com. That's K I N O visuals at gmail.com. <laughs>